Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everybody. Happy Tuesday and welcome to P4P Real Talk with Desiree and Kaylin. So you know what comes next. Welcome to uh, <laughs> oh, Real Talk, sponsored by P4P Muscle, the number one drug-free sponsorship in the world. If you are a drug-free athlete and are looking for a solid foundation to, to uh, <laughs> build your... There we go. Here, Kaylin, Kaylin's going to jump in here because I'm rolling, I'm rolling off the top of my head. A solid foundation <laughs> to stand on and drive your goals. Like what, Kaylin? Like a Mack truck through ice cream, sugar. <laughs> <laughs> then check us out at p4pmuscle.com. And now let's talk. This is the uh, intro stumbling uh, Desiree Fletcher Carruthers, who was uh, joined by Kalen Patterson on that Mack truck. You know, I really feel like it would be awesome if we did have a Mack truck and went on a, a cross-country tour. We need to talk oh. to the, the P4P uh, boys about that. We could broadcast real talk from everywhere across the United States. That's an idea. That is an idea. I want to sample. Just give me a shirt with Mac on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, we could sample all the snickerdoodle and chocolate way that we wanted to on our ride oh. ride across the U.S. And let people try out their own little recipes. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. I, mean, I think that is a fantastic concept. We need to we need to cue that up. Where's JB when we need him? We haven't had him on the show in a while. I think we need to bring him on and uh, hit him with our sales pitch. It is time. <laughs> it is. It is. So, so other than uh, coronavirus, which we were talking about last week, March has rolled in like a lamb, which makes me a little apprehensive that it might roll out like a lion. But I know this one, at least in my area, is supposed to be pretty beautiful. Well, that sounds good to me. I'm okay with it. It sounds good to me. It sounds good to me. You know what else sounds good to me? Tonight's show and guests sound good to me. So why don't you cue us up? If you wouldn't mind. If you wouldn't mind. This is one of those. This is one of those. I was. This is. Okay, Angelica, perfect name. I love the name, by the way. Had seen the video, speaking of JB, that he was releasing all the first year P4P Undefeated. And it was just happenstance that someone just happened to be in one of the, uh, I guess, uh, after the show interviews, I think it was, I'm not sure, and was just, how, how amazing she looked, and then the question came up about how do you know when you're ready to compete? And it started off seem you know seeming pretty simple, pretty obvious, you know, basically when you're ready to get on stage. And then the question came that I had not expected, which was, well, is 
is it you knowing or is it your coach knowing? So basically, how do you know when it's time to get on stage? And I was like, well, you know, that's actually a good question because there's times when I stepped on stage thinking I was more than ready and I was more than not. And then there were times <laughs> when I had no idea how I was looking and thinking, well, there's five people ahead of me. And then you end up in in, in top three or winning. So, you know, that's a good question. And, and, and I think the three of us, especially since our guests had spent time on stage and on, you know, basically backstage helping people get on stage, this would be a good question to tackle at the beginning of the season for people who are not quite sure. And as many times as we've had people on that had a great coaches, there's plenty of people that are, are going it alone, uh, seeing, you know, basically just finding out is this something they have an interest in. So, Jesse, please introduce yourself again, and let's get this show started because I'm excited about this as well because this is a good question. Yeah, this is a this is a fun question. So my name is Jesse Ostrowski, and um, thank you guys for having me back on the show again. This is really really fun. I'm currently in yeah, yeah, yeah. Richmond, Virginia, just visiting some family. So if you hear um, any children in the background having fun, just ignore that. <laughs> you <all> you can. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, no, I'm super excited about the topic too about. In, you know, when to be ready or when you feel ready in prep or for a show and all of the different logistics that, that go with that because I have had a lot of experience as a competitor and, and just newly getting into coaching, uh, not just prep coaching, but also post coaching, which has been huge for me. It's just blown up like crazy lately. Um, helping so many girls getting ready for a stage um, has really been teaching me a lot that I've really been enjoying. So, yeah, this is a great topic. Um, I live in the Madison, Wisconsin area. Um, I have three boys. My I have a 21-year-old, a 19-year-old, and a 17-year-old son. Um, my youngest, my 17-year-old Desmond, is autistic, and he just had brain surgery in November to um, remove area of the brain, the right lobectomy, to um, prevent him from having seizures because he's had, he's had epilepsy for the last uh, 12 12 years. Um, so we're on an upswing with all of that, and life has just been really, really good as he's had recovery. And um, I am now in prep for 2020, and I've got a ton of um, shows in my in my future here this year. So I'm going to be stepping on stage with hopefully my best physique yet um, as a pro and as many natural federations and natural stages I can step on this year. And I have a new coach myself, um, Paul Ravella, who is a really well-known coach in the industry, especially for bikini. So um, I'm diving in as um, a a continued competitor, um, as an athlete, and I'm taking on a lot more clients. And I'm also really trying to learn more from some of the best and the best in the industry. So I'm excited to be on the show tonight with you guys. And we are excited to have you. Yes. Thank you. Yes, I, I know. The I last know. time you were on, I didn't get to be on with you, so this is this is this is awesome. And she's also a model. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I do a lot of that. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> okay, now I'll start this off because, like I said, this really intrigued me because, because, like I said, the conversation seemed like easy to answer because you can look and and see 
you know, where you are as compared to where you were. And that's one of the parameters. And if, if it's if it's a much improved look, then yeah, because, you know, judges have seen you, or if they haven't seen you, they, they expect a certain criteria. And so the first thing I would say is you have to match up with that. So if you're not matching up with the criteria, then you're probably not going to do well. I mean, you know, kudos to wanting to be on stage, and especially if it's a show you picked out. But a lot of times I've noticed that uh, some people are basically rushing themselves to the stage for that day and didn't give themselves enough time. And so they end up, I don't want to say embarrassing themselves, but not doing it as well in front of their parents or loved ones as they really had envisioned. I'll pass it to Daz, and then we'll get to Jesse and, and see what she has to say about it. Well, I think, I mean, there's definitely a lot that goes into it, and I think you have touched on, you know, the physical aspect of it, but then also a little bit of the emotional and psychological aspect of it. You know, if you're rushing the stage, if you're not um, emotionally and mentally prepared to hit that stage, and I think I've probably, you know, crossed the whole spectrum of, um competing when I wasn't there altogether, you know, mentally, um, when I wasn't quite ready physically. So I've kind of been there, done that. So I feel like there are just different levels of preparedness. But when you are firing on all cylinders, I tell you what, I mean, you, you're going to know it. You're going you're gonna to feel it in your jellies, as they say on uh, Detective Pikachu. But uh, anyway, Jesse, I'll let you, I'll let you chime in on that. Is Jesse still Did we lose it? No. Jesse? Hello? I oh, sorry. You. I must have accidentally hit the mute button. <laughs> hey, thanks. Appreciate um, it. If you don't want to like... hear it, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think there's, there's a lot to be said for the reason why you're competing. So there are, are a lot of people that I've met over the years backstage that um, – or, you know, that reach out to me saying that, oh, I've always wanted to compete and I just had never gone to get a coach or, you know, I wanted to compete for years, but I'm, I just don't have the courage to step on stage or I don't know what to do. So some people want to compete because it's just a bucket list item and other people want to compete because they really want to see uh, they've been training for a really long time, and they want to show that off, and they want to see how their physique would do on stage. And so that's a big thing for people to consider first is what's the reason that you're competing for, and then really what are your goals? What are you trying to accomplish by competing? If it's a buff- bucket list item and you just want to, you know, do that to check it off a list and, you know, try to lose as much weight as possible, it can still be a really fun experience, but you're probably not going to become a long-term competitor in the sport. You have a lot of competitors who step on stage one or two times, or even you have competitors who are amateurs and they get a pro card and then they're just, you never see them again. And you wonder what is their real reason for wanting to um, be in the sport of bodybuilding and then competing. So I think that's um, one thing. But the other thing is um, that I really don't feel like there's ever a bad time to hit a stage for your first time. So, like, nobody's ever truly ready when they hit their first stage. There's always a process of learning and growth that you go through. And 
um, it's really a matter of learning and just experiencing the process so that you can kind of figure out more so of how to refine yourself and how to um, come back better and better. Because we know that bodybuilding is a sport of you versus you. And it's yeah. hard to believe that when, when we're all on stage against each other, right? <laughs> so yeah. a lot of it comes down to just really understanding what is the sport of bodybuilding and what are the real reasons that you're competing. Yep. I mean, and I would I would agree with that too, and I think that gets to the the psychological aspect of it as well that I was kind of talking about because it really all does play together. Um, your why always important, um, and even if you are a bucket list person, that's okay. I definitely encourage everyone mm-hmm. to try it at least once because you never know. I went into competing. For a list of reasons, I never could have imagined that five, six years later, I'd still be advocating the sport of natural bodybuilding and um, including it as part of my life. So you just really never know where you're going to net out when you jump into an experience like this. Um, mm-hmm. Wait, 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 wait. I don't want to get away from this topic because there's something that I forgot to mention. Um, one of the things, and, and Des, you actually uh, sparked on it, especially with the way you said it, is, you know, what we expect as compared to what happens. And, you know, we're basically doing hindsight on some of the things that can save others from when they step on stage. And one of the things I had spoken about was, you know, we have this idea of what is going to happen. Everybody's got this thing in their mind about how things are going to turn out. Uh, Just like it turns out well, just like it turns out where you place, there's times where it doesn't, and many people, especially the ones who had a, a, a bucket list or really had the, the, the dream of winning, and that was the only thing they could see in their mind, and that it leaves a very bitter and a very sour taste in their mouth, and they don't speak approvingly of it. Um, if it's something you want to do and it's a goal of yours, get around the people that can really support that goal without being uh, – without blowing smoke up your behind because everybody that starts with you sees you the way you are at the very initial beginning. And Mm -hmm. then there's that transformation that happens. And trust me, you're going to look so much better than when you started. If you go right, go about the right steps. So they're going to be saying words of praise. They're going to be saying, you know, all the things that has happened and that's great. And I don't want to take away from anyone who's busted their hump to do it, and I don't take away want to take away from anyone who has been more than supportive. But like Desi said, like Desi has said, we're going to be on stage with people that have been doing the exact same thing as us, some harder, some better, and some blessed uh, to basically just get through it in a nice, easy stage. I, I always liken it to pregnancy, where one person worked really hard and it took hours, one person worked really hard. It took weeks, and one person basically just sneezed, and the baby came out. So, you know, I, it, it's like that. I mean, it's just like that sometimes. <laughs> and, and you, you don't take away from the effort or anything, and I, I don't want any negativity to come. So if you're not mentally prepared, and that's I guess what we're going to get into next, but if, you, if physically, God bless your hard work, but mentally just realize it's a competition. It is a sport and you're going up against others, and it doesn't necessarily mean that your hard hard work pays off in the first place. 
but you will be the best you in a long time because obviously that transformation happened for some reason, and that means good health became a part of your life. I just wanted to add that, and uh, I'll pass it back to Dad. Sorry. <laughs> hey, no problem. So we had a couple of questions that I just wanted to start getting to before we get too far down the road and don't get to them. But this first one is from Lisa, and this one is definitely for Jessie because she's she's asking about taller athletes, which I am of not. So actually this could be for Jessie and Kaylin. Um, I'm more of a mediumer. I uh, I fall in that small to medium depending on how uh, how tall the girls are that given day. But Lisa wants to know, is it harder to be more prepared as a taller athlete competing, and are they judged differently for their height? Jesse? Well, I can't speak of the judging portion because I don't judge, um, and I've never asked that to any of my judges that I've – I mean, I get a lot of feedback after my shows. I think that's a really smart thing to do as an athlete, regarding of how you, yes. how you place, even if you win a show. You should always talk to the judges because there's always something to improve on. Um, taller athletes do compete and look different than a shorter athlete. I have always found I'm at a disadvantage as a taller athlete because you're not as symmetrical usually. Shorter athletes usually have more evenness and symmetry from top to bottom, and they don't have a super long torso, and so it's easy for them. It's easy. It feels like to me if they're a pretty, you know, they're not as tall as me that they have an easier ability to have a V taper or a wider back. I'm very tall. I have a very long torso. I have no lat game at all. And um, it shows in my back pose. You disagree. The booty I'm growing, I'm working on that. You saw that at the P for P during the the fashion show. (laughs) I'm working on growing my back, but that's because I'm doing like 100 to 300 pull-ups and pull-downs a week. And I've been doing that consistently for the last few months. Um, But I wasn't genetically blessed. I was, I mean, in some ways, I can build muscle really easily. That's not the case for everybody. Um, but in terms of muscle growth in some areas, it can. It, for tall people, I feel like it takes them longer because muscle, you ha- like when you're shorter and you have a lot of muscle, you look thick and mm-hmm. you have the roundness that you need when you lean out. When you're taller, you need to build more muscle because it has to stretch over more surface area of your body. And your limbs are just longer. And so you really, really need to train some muscle parts a little bit more than others. Um, in terms of being judged differently as a taller athlete, it comes down to posing and knowing your angles. So you can be uh, – I feel I've been told by some judges, and Kayla, I don't know if this is the same for you, but like a taller athlete has an advantage um, because mm-hmm. – especially in the the female um, um, side because they just have the ability to have um, the more of like a a more graceful look on stage um, Mm -hmm. and the longer legs and that kind of stuff. Um, So it can look very appealing on stage, but it comes down to how you pose yourself then and to make sure that, you're you're posing all the right angles towards the judges, even if you're long and you have, um, you know, that you're working all the right sides. Yeah, yeah. I, I can see, I can see that. <clears throat> but um, a tall, um, a, a tall male competitor can look really lanky if he hasn't practiced the posing for the muscles that he's created. 
Um, I, I always liken it to a, a woman in, in heels that she doesn't use too often. It's a very unrealistic movement and look as they're going across the state. And judges do notice that. Des, you and I have spoken about this a lot. Uh, one of the things about a taller athlete is that they have to fill in the blanks, where as a shorter competitor basically has every blank filled because they, they're, they're taking up less space so their muscles – they, they, I, don't, I don't really want to say they grow faster. It's just that development is seen sooner because it's it's less uh, space to fill. And that's not a knock against uh, shorter athletes. It's just the nature of the beast. I mean, I knew stepping on stage that I was going to have to work my butt off to fill in all those gaps of muscle because there are, I mean, you're just longer and there's more room to fill. And if you miss anything, it's, it's glaring on stage and it, it's, sometimes embarrassingly glaring. Um, I can remember the the show that Des and I did that we didn't know we did together was the Great Lakes Supernatural. And I thought, you know, I was doing really well until I saw the pictures and I realized how much was missed when it came to the head of the bicep, uh, the horseshoe on the tricep, and the, the lat spread. You, you really got to, to work that uh, those lats and try and get those traps to match because by the time you're getting into your pose, they're well set in it, and they're basically having, uh, when I say they, the shorter athletes are having those those muscle fibers just fire off like fireworks. It's something you got to work on, and, and thank God for posing coaches because they can get you to fix those flaws long, long before you get on stage if you know mm-hmm. the right questions to ask. And if you're willing to listen, because I know there's many times where people have defeated themselves thinking, you know, YouTube was going to save the day, only to find out that uh, some poses that they were doing weren't really good poses for them on stage. It might look good in, a, in, an, uh, in an office area with a nice little mirror, and it might look great in the gym because the lighting's not uh, that good. But, so, you know, a lot of times when you get on stage, it's a, it's a true telltale sign that you you didn't, you know, get the right lighting, you did get the right information or the correct information because, you know, some people just see a pose that they're not used to and they say, wow, that looks amazing. But in truth, it's really not. That's- um, yeah, you know, I agree with a lot of um, what you guys are saying. I, I feel like shorter athletes are, like Jesse said, able to look fuller. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to say with not as much effort, but that's not what I mean. It's because their muscles are, their muscle bellies are shorter in some instances. They round mm-hmm. out really nicely more, more quickly, and they look more full mm-hmm. all the time. So I know you yep. guys are working just as hard, so don't get upset, but you can kind of get the exactly. gist of what I'm saying. As an athlete that kind of falls in between now, um, I always hated competing against tall classes. So if you're if you're unfamiliar with how um, – competitions generally work they're generally broken up by height if there are enough athletes you're generally going to have three classes you're going to have small um or short um medium and tall basically is what it comes down to and if there are a ton of athletes then you'll have um short um medium short medium tall and then tall so sometimes you'll have three to four classes of heights if there aren't a lot of athletes and they start combining um groups and you'll have cutoffs so you'll have kind of medium height ladies with the short gals and then you know a little bit you know often 
defined by an inch, the cutoff goes so you kind of have medium height gals with the taller athletes. And I always hated competing against the tall athletes because I think Jesse hit it on the head is that sometimes they can have that more fluid look, especially from a bikini competitor um, perspective but you start getting into physique and the bodybuilding and stuff and sometimes I think the shorter athletes kind of have the advantage because of what we've been talking about that muscle fullness but again it doesn't always go that route the shorter athletes don't always win the taller athletes don't always lose so you know got to keep it in perspective that you know depending on how well you came in and um, how well your posing came off and who showed up that day it can be it can be anybody's game, but you know there are there are different viewpoints depending on how things went down on a given day. So all things to keep. Yeah, in mind. and I love that, I love that you point on that too because a lot of times in pro classes, if in some of these federations or just the show that day doesn't have a lot of pro athletes registered for that category, they will throw all sizes in one class. Yes. So there have been a lot of times where I stepped on, say, an OCB stage, and there's only seven or eight pro girls competing. And we're, I mean, I'm competing against a girl who's 5'2", and I'm like 5'9". And we're all in a row together, and the judges have to look at completely different physiques all across the board from all seven girls or however many girls are up there. Usually it's up to 12 in a class before they break it to a different height category, but not always. Um, and it's got to be hard it's got to be really hard on the judges but here's a key thing that you need to that will set you apart um and that is if you have symmetry in your physique so it's really important that you see a posing coach as soon as you decide you want to do a show or as soon as you start training because and not just any posing coach but like a professional posing coach who has somebody who is either a judge or in poses or has been a professional um, athlete and knows posing so that they, because a lot of times when I have girls that are just prep or they just want to start training with me, um, usually they want to, usually when somebody wants to compete, they want to go into prep right away. And a lot of times I will encourage them to build for a couple months before they actually start dieting because they just don't have the muscle. You don't have a back. You don't have shoulders. You don't have the glutes. Like we need to build muscle on you and we need to create symmetry just naturally in your physique so that when we pose, because I can pose you right now and I can already see you have flat shoulders, you have no triceps, like you have, you know, like um, Kaylin was saying, like your back's in your trap. Like if it's a bodybuilder, like we need to, like I, I can see how you're going to pose. And so we know, we know how we need to build you and focus on some of your training because this is how you're going to look on stage. We can manipulate some of it with your ankles, but mm-hmm. we need to Good build point. in these areas. So. I think posing is always the last thing to come in, in training, um, like a couple weeks before the show, and it should really be something that's evaluated in the beginning when you have a good coach. Yep, no doubt. Love it. No doubt. A um, couple of questions here. This is from Larry. Is this Wonder Woman Jesse from P for P? Yes, Larry, it is the one and only Wonder Woman <laughs> Jesse Ostrowski. Um, from P4P Undefeated, OCB, um, wondering what that stands for. Um, it is a, a natural organization. Uh, OCB stands for Organization of Competitive Bodybuilders. So there you have it. 
It's just a little bit of the alphabet soup of all the various organizations <laughs> that are out there. <laughs> so many of them. All right. A lot of question. great ones. Yep, there are, and there are a lot of great ones. Um, if you keep listening to us, you'll undoubtedly hear a good majority of them or at least the the most popular ones anyway. Um, this one's from Sherry. She says, my body looked more ready one week prior to competition and seemed to be just about ready to come show day. What happened? Did I outthink my day and prep? Good question. Good question. Jesse, why don't you go ahead and uh, kick us off. So she said she looked better a week before the show day? Yeah, I, that's how I'm reading it. She looked better. She looked ready. She looked ready to hit the stage the week before competition, and the day of she looked just about ready. So not <laughs> Okay, so, I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into that, and depending on if you have a coach and their style of peaking you for a show can make all the difference. So I've had a number of coaches, unfortunately, to say, but also it's good because I learned a lot of different methods and styles of peaking and also prepping. So I um, have been taught to drop water. I can, I, my first coach taught me how to drop water, and so I, I can manipulate um, my carbs, my sodium intake and everything during the week to drop five to six pounds of water weight and look really dry on stage, like when people say dry, it's because they're trying to dry out from like dehydration, um, which is not healthy. And I would suggest never to do it and don't work with a coach who does that. Um, Then there's other coaches who will make sure that you're lean enough, just body fat percentage wise, a good two to three weeks before your show so that they can increase your food and your calories so you actually fill your muscles with the glycogen and with all um, the nutrients so that you're full on stage and, you, and you're already very, very lean, so your muscles are already popping and you're already, like, shredded and lean. And then you're just kind of carving up more so onto stage rather than having to um, not be lean enough and then have to drop water weight to try to look, get more of that shredded look. So a lot of it depends on how your coach, quote, unquote, peaked you and what the protocol was leading up to the show. Do you guys agree? I do. Uh, I was gonna, I, I was gonna say exactly what you were touching on with depending on your coach. Um, uh, that one, that's a lot of parameters to cover, and if you're not, just like Jesse was saying, if you if you have good uh, posing coaches, you, you definitely need a good nutrition coach because. Your body's not something I would want anyone playing around with if they didn't know what the heck they were doing. And Mm -hmm. it's always a big concern for me. I I know it is for Des as well. I don't want to say just me. Um, Because we've been backstage and seen some of the horror stories of uh, poor diet, poor coaching, and poor nutrition. And it's not something that I ever smile about or think is funny. I'm actually really disheartened and saddened to see people whose uh, lives and, and health haven't been regarded for the person like they were taking when they had the advantage of taking the money. Um, this is something that we're still fig- uh, fixing on the natural side. Uh, but looking good, I mean, you you could have a right mix of food uh, the week prior 
and your body just loves everything about it, and then you might go back to what would be considered a more strict diet or the peak week and just have a combination of foods that just don't address your body's needs like the week prior. Um, it's nice to know which foods uh, benefit your body best, and that only comes from research and documentation on your diet. And if you're really thorough with it, you'll see what combination of foods address your body exactly how you want to and get your body to respond when when, when you need it to happen. Uh, I think the best example I have was with Ed and Andrea Castillo, where it was just one of those times where she was doing absolutely everything to get this man to get vascular, and it just was not happening. And then, and then just out of whim, she gave him some peanut butter, and he was popping like popcorn. And, you know, so it, 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 it's no, it, I mean, it's no rhyme or reason to the body. Uh, every prep is different. You hear it say it all the time. It sounds like cliche, but it's not. Um, every month could be different for women. My goodness, it's a horror story just having to deal with that time of month. So it's, (laughs) there's so many factors. There's so many factors, but I don't want you to think that anything might've been wrong. Everything could have been done perfectly. Uh, and just, it, it could be a mood swing that changed everything, the release of more cortisol. It's no telling. And that's why it, it's always such a blessing to actually make it to the stage with only a couple of bumps in the road instead of, you know, a mountain every time you get ready to get there. So I hope that answers the question, but I, I don't – I mean, there's no set-in-stone uh, reason or response that makes this uh, a correct response other than I hope it's better next time you can be <laughs> well and i i think too like it just really kind of depends on like if you were really prepared properly like me you probably could have done a mock peak week before that to really make sure that you knew like you were saying the right foods or um the right amount of water or the right workouts before your show or maybe you were lifting too much and you held on too much lactic acid and you just got too inflamed or something in your body. Um, like you're saying, like all these things, there's all these variables. But if you're if you're lean enough and, and you're popping in all the right areas um, and you really do have a coach or you really do know a protocol to prep you properly so that like you're, I mean, okay, let's look at like, some of the Olympia athletes, right? Like, for example, I take Paul, and he has this amazing athlete right now, Daraja, um, and she is a, a pro ISDV athlete who is just killing it, and she is only new to the game the last two years. And he's not, I mean, I don't want to say meticulous with her, but he kind of, in a way, like, makes sure that she, like, they did a pre-mock, um, and it's great because, um, Paul has this Facebook page with all the competitors, and so we all get to chat with each other. And he does a live webinar every Friday, and he connects with all of his um, competitors that are either in prep or that are in the off-season training. And he answers all sorts of questions for us. Some of us are competing in a couple weeks, and some of us are a couple weeks out or you know, maybe competing in the fall. And it's just really, really great because he's taking his time to educate us and make sure that we're, he's answering any questions that we have. 
and then he's sharing with us what he's doing with some of his top athletes. And he did a mock peak week with her two weeks ago, and he showed us some of the images, and she looked amazing. And he was like, now I know exactly what I'm going to do with her before the Arnold. You know, and the Arnold's are this week. And I don't know if you guys heard that the Arnold got, like, canceled, but they're still doing the competitions because of the coronavirus. Um, so that just came out today. But oh, wow. Adraja is Adraja expected to be, like, one of the top five in the Arnold, and she'll probably, I mean, I see her being Miss Olympia someday, <laughs> like, very soon. Um, and a lot of that is because, you know, she has a coach who's really investing a lot in her to make sure that she is getting all of these variables right. Because um, some of them you can control. And some of them, you, if you have a really good coach who is, you know, and you're being a good athlete or a good student or whatever to your coach and you're checking in and you're letting him know all the things, him or her know all the things, then they should know what you're going to respond to. And so you don't have to feel like you have to figure out those answers for yourself. I mean, it's amazing how much a really good coach can teach you so much and help you along the path when um, even when you are seasoned and you know a lot, going into something, competing can be a really big thing for some people. Like I will tell you guys right now, I have some huge goals competing as a pro natural athlete this year that like I'm going to set. I'm, I've set every goal and I will probably, you know, I plan on reaching all of them. Um, I'm not, I like, I should put it out in the universe and just like put it out there, but I kind of don't want to because I, like there's a certain I've already made ten thousand dollars in pro um, money as a competitor, and I'm just gonna say it. My plan is to win twenty thousand dollars as a pro athlete this year. All uh, right. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong so, with committing to that goal and putting right. it out there. Yeah, I can't it. believe I just did that. But um, <laughs> so so because I have big goals, I need a coach to help me get there. I need somebody to help me get there. And some of us take competing very seriously. Some of us um, well, want to learn how to take competing like that very seriously because it can get you really, really far in something that you're really, really passionate about like me. There you have it. There you have it. <laughs> from from Jesse's mouth to God's ear, and that's how it goes. Um, that's right. And the, the only thing that I would even add, so we've we've been advocating for coaches and good coaching, and, and Kaylin and I always have, and so Jesse's just reaffirming what we're saying. But, you know, for instance, say you're self-coaching, um, and that happens, and there are people who self-coach and they win, no doubt. And they won, yeah. Um, yep. The only thing I would add there is if you're wondering, if your peak week didn't turn out the way that you thought, peak week is not the time to get fancy. So if you do not True. have the right level of conditioning, um, you know, and you're hoping that peak week is just going to make magic happen, you're probably looking at a recipe for disaster there. I mean, when you head into peak week, you should already be almost darn near where you want to be the, at the time that you hit that stage. So if you're looking at peak week to help you drop an extra five pounds you should have already dropped before the competition day, that's not the time to do it. You should just be minimally tweaking and, uh, you know, just just almost coasting into competition day. At least that's my opinion. You don't want to overwork out. You don't want to run off your cardio because you decided to just ramp up your cardio and then ran all your muscle off and you come in incredibly flat. 
um, you know, peak week or for minor tweaks, for getting good rest, for, you know, supporting yourself emotionally and uh, getting your, having your food plan already in place, and you're just methodically working your way to that stage, not trying to make miracles happen. That's not what peak week is for. So um, just food for thought as uh, you guys are all, all uh, gearing up to get on that stage in 2020. Oh, um, bad words. <laughs> you know what I mean, getting ready, getting ready. I don't constantly have steroids on my mind. In fact, I never have steroids on my mind, virtually never, except for when I'm on this show. Um, and as a natural athlete, I think that's kind of how it should be. Here we go. Yeah. This question's from Monique. First time competing, what are some of the things you should look for in picking a good coach and nutritionist? Jesse or Kaylin, whoever wants to go first. Ladies first. Well, coaches aren't always nutritionists, so it's really important to, if you, um, if that's important to you, is to be coached with somebody that has a background in nutrition, then that needs to be one of the first questions that you ask. Um, just because somebody knows how to give you macros and how to balance your macros does not mean that they know nutrition. So to me, nutrition is um, a guideline for eating foods in a specific balance and also for helping with gut issues as you go along because as we all know, when you're in prep and you're eating specific foods, you're probably restricting yourself from certain kinds of foods. And there are a lot of competitors out there that have different philosophies and coaches that have different philosophies for how they deal with the nutrition part. Some do meal plans and some do macros. To me, either one is acceptable. Some coaches like meal plans because it prevents the competitor from having to be obsessive about the amount of food that they're eating and prevents obsession from tracking food and maybe a potential eating disorder, which, um, and then others want to educate their competitors by giving them macros and just say, eat whatever you want to, just make sure it fits your macros at the end of the day. Um, and then there's some that do a mix, or there's some, like me, when you're a specific point in prep, I make sure that you're eating clean at least four to six weeks before your show, but I'm pretty flexible on still keeping in gluten and dairy and stuff. Um, but I'm doing three gut health certifications right now because, to me, I feel like there are a lot of – and I think, Kayla and I talked about this in the backstage after P4P, is that there's a lot of coaches out there right now who they're dieting their girls down so hard, they're giving them so much restrictions, or they're giving them such little food, and they're not really educating them on how to properly eat based yes. on how many fats they should have to balance out their hormones. And so girls are losing their periods, and they have low energy levels, and they're not – getting enough of the substantial um, essential nutrients that they need, and it's so sad to see. Yes, without a doubt. The one thing I've learned, especially uh, training at gyms and uh, just speaking with people day to day, is that you'd better know who you are if you're going to get on stage uh, because there's going to be a lot of reflections and if you're not being honest with yourself, I've seen meltdowns happen so much. It, it, it's almost a crying shame. Um, not just with people getting ready to get on stage, but just people coming into a truly a more serious uh, health identity. 
because you know when you when you're not doing much it doesn't i mean you don't really have to worry about support or or anything cuz people really don't care i mean you're not engaging in yourself so people don't know how to identify identify with you to to basically help you in any way but when you set a specific goal then you have to step out of the the current climate or group of people that you're currently with not saying that you have to basically forsake all of them but there's some negative individuals that are going to be in your life that aren't going to be happy with your health change. So if you don't identify that, that's going to be a stumbling block. If you're not looking for, you know, becoming a better person in a year and you think it's going to happen in two or three weeks, you have to identify that. So if you're looking for a coach, you basically have to know who you are to see which coach best fits you is what I'm getting to. And if none of that is is being addressed, then there's going to be a lot of combative situations and, and, you know, basically things that will stall your improvement. And you can't always blame the coach because you're not being a good client. And I've seen this many times where, you know, people have gone through three or four coaches trying to get to one show. And that's never a good mix. And it doesn't, it, it really doesn't work out well. And it, it's, it can be really negative uh, toward the end, especially when you don't place how, how you should. But if you can't identify that you are a client learning and they mm-hmm. are a, a teacher teaching, then there's a lot that's going to happen and it's going to go south in a hurry. And, and I, I said it and I will continue to say it, bodybuilding is not for everyone. Just like I say basketball is not for but football is not for everyone. And you have to make sure that if you're going to get into it, that is something you really can identify with, and it's a part of who you intend to be in the future. Because bodybuilding is spent very little on stage, but a lot in life. And uh, if, if you're willing to take those steps, then there's true freedom in that. But if you're not willing to be honest with yourself, it's a prison. And I've seen people lock themselves away uh, for the rest of their lives after one show because they just didn't get the outcome that they expected and they invested so much for an, an outcome that they weren't happy with in the slightest. So I'm just going to identify that now and then say keep that in mind so when you're looking for a coach and you're looking for someone that's willing to basically invest in your life, then there's going to be, like Jesse said, there's going to be food that you're going to have to sacrifice. And if you're not willing to do it, you're not hurting the coach by sneaking those foods. You're hurting yourself and you're hurting your outcome. If you're looking for some kind of shortcut, uh, the natural stage isn't for you because whatever you do in your life shows on stage. Whatever you sacrifice shows on stage. So, you know, it's a lot of self-identifying. It's a lot of self-awareness and a lot of reflection on who you are really helps in choosing the coach that you can do because if if you're looking for Pop-Tarts and Twinkies, I don't think anybody <laughs> in their right mind is going to be, you know, giving you the green light for that stuff. So, you know, i just add that to that, and uh, I'll pass it back to uh, Jess and uh, Des. <laughs> yeah, no, I, and to Kaylin's point, um, you know, ask a lot of questions, and that's one of the questions yes. that you're going to ask. Find out what their style is. Find out what their approach is going to be to help you get to the place that you want to get to. And then also about, you know, their credentials or their experience or whatever it is that 
in your mind makes them a successful coach. And that varies person by person. But my biggest rule of thumb is ask lots of questions, and if they are at least not willing to try and answer the question and just talk you in a circle, they're not the coach for you. If they're at least honest enough to be like, I don't know the answer to that, but I will find it for you, and they actually follow through, that's someone I can work with. Because I know that my best interest is at um, – is what they're focused on, and they're going to do what they need to do to help me get where I need to get. So, you know, ask lots of questions and just make sure if you know anybody else that they're training that their regimen is not exactly like yours because that's another telltale sign of a bad coach. You are an individual. Your regimen and training protocol may have some similarity to someone else, but it should never be exactly the same because your body is not exactly the same as anyone else's. Mm -hmm. just a couple of watch outs and things to think about when you're looking for a coach and ask for a recommendation. Ask around. Yeah, um, and if you don't know anybody to ask, get out there, research an organization that you want to compete with, figure out who ahead is. There's always contact information on the website. Call them up and ask them for a recommendation. You will be able to find someone who can point you in a right direction, and then you can hold the interviews for yourself and, uh, and make a decision. Yeah, I would second that for sure. Um, I always made the the reason why I picked Paul as my coach is because I wanted a coach that I was was going to be able to learn from, and I also want to work yeah. with somebody who is going to take me where I want to where where I want to go. Like he has already been there, and he can take me where he's already been with his competitors and in, in you know with the bikini girls, and specifically bikini. There were a couple. There was. Um, um, I love, love, love John Gorman. I don't know if you guys follow him on Instagram, but he's Team Gorman on Instagram. Um, are you he serious? Gives, really? Huh? Are, are you serious? You, okay. You're joking when you ask if we follow him. Let, let her talk, oh, Kaylin. Oh. Let her talk. Yes, ma'am. Yes, Just let her talk. So, <laughs> so he gives a lot of good free information, and so does Paul. Paul gives a lot of free good information on on his YouTube channel. Um, and mm-hmm. so there's so many bodybuilders that are out in the industry that know a lot about the science of the body. And they openly share information with athletes and competitors in the industry so that they can learn to make these good decisions for themselves. Because the industry is just saturated with all these coach. People get on stage and then they decide, oh, I had a good experience. I, I learned whatever, so I'm going to be a coach now. Everybody and their mother is a coach these days. One of the reasons why I hesitated, I've only been competing for over three years, and I hesitated to even start coaching because I was like, I don't have the credentials to coach. Like, who am I? Who am I? I'm just some girl who got lucky because I'm just, like, genetically gifted, and I'm, you know, but then I realized, you know what? I've learned so much, and I have poured myself into this sport over the last couple of years. And I have done, and I have done things by jumping into onto pro stages um, in the natural federations that nobody else has done, and nobody else is going to do what I'm going to do this year, and nobody else is going to yep. do as a as a as a competitor in the natural federations what I plan to do over the next 15, 20 years. So I mean, that, so it made sense to me. In order for me to learn how to be a coach, I need to start. I need to get started and I need to start working with people and people wanted to work with me and they came to me 
and they gave me the confidence to to work with them and they believed in me and so I would pour everything I knew into them and I would teach them things and there have been mistakes that I've made and there have been more promises that I made that I was not able to fulfill just because I'm still learning and I'm still trying to to figure it all out but the more I I I really experience what it's like to have clients and to like to me it's like I need to know my nutrition so I'm getting my gut health certifications because that's really important to me because I had gut issues and I have gut issues when I'm in prep so I need to figure out what's going on there supplements are huge for me I'm not big about chemical on chemicals I want to know more about plant-based supplements and I want to understand um, vegan bodybuilders and all of that kind of stuff and and, and, you know, there's um, just so many different fads out there. There's so many different prep uh, styles. There's so many different um, ways that you can work with clients. And I kind of really want to learn the gist of it so that I can provide that education to my clients and know how to handle somebody with hormone issues, to know how to handle somebody that is coming from a bad experience with a prep coach who has been, you know, practically starved and eating only 900 calories for three months uh, before the show which is a real thing. And I'm actually dealing with a couple of girls who have a coach right now in the, the area where I live that is doing that with her competitors. And so there are some real issues out there in the industry, even aside from banned substances and steroid use and diuretics and prescription drugs. There's still a real issue that we're having to face with competitors that are hiring these coaches just because it, they don't know where else to go. And if you do go on social media, like you were saying, or do um, listen to podcasts, which there are so many good ones out there, and yours is a phenomenal resource of information, too, um, for any competitor. And there are, there are a plethora of really, really good coaches out there. But I liked what Desiree said, like, ask questions and ask for a reference, because the people that are actually being coached, they will be honest with you if you – Facebook message them or if you Instagram message them privately, usually you're going to get a pretty honest response. Sometimes it might be biased, so you have to kind of take that with a grain of salt. But um, there are some really, really good coaches out there is what I'm saying. And it does, um, it is worth the due diligence to search them out. There you have it. Kaylin, anything to add? Hey, I, after that, shoot, I'm going to leave that alone. That's perfect. That's right. That's right. When it's been said, it's been said. And what else can I say other than it's time it's time to say our farewell and bid adieu, my friends. This hour has gone by so quickly as it always does. Yeah, we have good guests, great conversation, good topic, good questions from our listeners. So uh, you know, just good is the word for tonight, brought to you by the letter G. <laughs> and Snickerdoodle. And <laughs> snickerdoodle. So, Jesse, you've got big goals, huge, super tremendous goals. I Can't have every confidence you're going to hit them. So, when you oh, yeah. have goals the size that you do, what kind of advice do you give to other people who are shooting for, you know, not just the stars, but they're they're looking at the galaxies beyond the stars that we can see? <laughs> I love that. Um. You know, you have to have belief in yourself first, and you have to trust time and just know that time is on your side. And you want it quickly, but too bad. It's not going to come fast. 
you have to earn it. You have to work hard. And if you can find the right people to be in your corner to teach you and to support you um, unconditionally through that journey, then just enjoy it. You know, I'm, I mean, I have um, my my name on Instagram and my social media pages are Jesse Fit, J-E-S-I-F-I-T. And Fit for me stands for fun and transformation. So for me, my oh. transformation was fun. You know, I lost 50 pounds. I gained a ton of muscle. I fell into bodybuilding by accident. And it has become my biggest passion in life where, you know, now my career literally revolves around it. So I feel like you need to embrace the process and trust it and just have fun. Because if you're not enjoying it and you're not working with people and not surrounding yourself with people that that are helping you to enjoy the process and, and making helping you to become a better version of yourself, um, then you probably need to reevaluate and figure out how you can align yourself Amen. with specific people and specific goals um, to allow you to become the best version of yourself and just enjoy the transformation. Amen to that. Amen to that. So I feel like, Kaylin, you kind of gave us a snickerdoodle shout-out, but I think you can sneak in another one. I I would, because I know that people that have really bad diets would do so much better on snickerdoodle. I just know (laughs) (laughs) it. Oh, shoot. Jesse, thanks so much for joining us and sharing your light and uh, perspective with us. It's always an awesome show when you're on. Um, and, Thank you. And, I appreciate it. You know, when you have so many snickerdoodle shout-outs, you, you just can't go wrong. No, no so, you can't. <laughs> on behalf of myself, Jesse Wonder Woman Ostrowski, the boys from P4P Muscle, Kaylin Snickerdoodle, lend me your ear, Paddleson. Your body is a temple, so let's build it. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.